I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is your mental breakdown. The shopping edition. (laughs) I was going to say that. (laughs) You were? I totally was. I was waiting for you to say the podcast featuring patio furniture shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Doug and I have been patio furniture shopping. (laughs) This is why recording takes us like three hours (laughs) is what do we do for the first hour of of our zoom call oh we look at patio furniture (laughs) and not only were we patio furniture shopping (laughs) but (laughs) we were looking for and sharing discount codes and promo codes and wait if you register an event like a wedding or a housewarming, then if it passes, you get an extra 10% off. So Dude, patio furniture a- is so expensive. It is right? crazy. Yes. It is insane. It's all going to get rained on and messed up anyway. Yeah, it all gets fucked up. Like, what? It makes no sense, but whatever. I got I got two words. Wick-er. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> and even I was looking at West Elm or Pottery Barn or something and I was like, wow, this is so inexpensive. And I realized it was like <laughs> the cover. I was like, it realized it was the cover for one cushion. Oh, right, 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 right. Right. I was like, although I will say, you. I will say, yes. Pottery Barn, if you're looking for quality furniture, please check out Pottery Barn. Use discount code potterybarn.com slash YMB podcast. You can save 0%. And we get 0% of that. Thank you. Amazing. Uh, We get nothing. Maybe one of our six listeners actually works with Pottery Barn and can get us a discount. That would be great. And then we could record on the patio sitting on our Pottery Barn patio furniture. Did I mention Pottery Barn? I would also like to say (laughs) Pottery Barn. And one thing that I like, I like pottery and I like barns. And if you put them together, you have pottery barn. (laughs) And this is what we do. And hello, everyone. (sighs) Hello, Meredith. Speaking of pottery barn, my dog was raised in a barn. Can I just tell you? Uh, (laughs) No, he was not. (laughs) No, he was not. Well, I don't know where he was raised. True, true. He was rescued. And he loves on the trail, just running off and he's great. He's under voice command and he's wonderful and all that. But every now and then he's a a part terrier. So he's kind of a rat dog. So he'll go ratting, like he'll go look for rodents and uh, apologies to my sister. I should have given you the warning. She does not like rodents or vermin and even talking about them gives them her the heebie-jeebies. So sorry. Yeah. No. However, for the rest of you... (laughs) We were on a trail and Beckett went off trail for a while and didn't immediately come back when I called him. Like, that's not usual. And I didn't get panicked. Like, oh, is he getting bitten by a snake or something? And and he's going to die. That would suck. But I I was just like, uh, he must be getting into something. And finally, he trots out a little while later, looking very happy with like dirt on his snout and something in his mouth. I'm just like, would he get like a stick? Would he dig up or dig up a bone or something? And I called him over and I made him drop it. And it was a freaking mouse. Ew, he just Beckett. pulled a mouse off the trail. Ugh, it's so disgusting to me. And I mean, the mouse was not living. Okay. It was dead, but I think it was dead by the time he got it. I don't think he oh. killed a mouse. Yikesies. It was... Yeah, it was the kind of thing where 
I was like, oh man, when we get home, I'm going to throw him in the pool and wash his mouth out with soap. And well, because <laughs> by the way, I'm pretty sure that's what monkeypox is. <laughs> Stop. And it's not it's not funny, but it monkeypox. Pretty sure I read that it's not like a monkey bites you. It's monkeys get whatever the fuck they get from rats or vermin that bite them, and then oh wow, I think I might have made that up. But at this point, I'm just like, really, monkeypox? Can we just well, stick with I think COVID? If if you get bit by a radioactive monkey, then you have the powers of a monkey, and you could be Monkey Man. And that would be amazing, right? So all of this to say that was really gross and disgusting. And I, I brought him home and like hosed off his snout and washed him up. <laughs> and <laughs> the next day I go out to my backyard and floating in the pool. No. Is a different mouse. Not the one from the trails, but what? And it's quite possible there was just a mouse that happened into my pool for a swim and that indulged and, yeah. and passed out. Could have been, could have been. Yeah. Or... Beckett caught a mouse and dropped it in the pool. I live in the hills. I can actually see out my window right now. I finally asked my pool man what that black box is up there. And he's like, oh, that's a rat container, like what? a rat trap or something. Like it's like this big black box. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's, that's the rat sauna? And that's the I rat guess, sauna. That's where they, no, they get their shit. I know it's on. sad. I, I didn't know. I guess that they go in and then. At some point. And they don't come out. Someone, that's what he said, um, that oh, people come around no. and collect it or something. Oh. I'm like, what? Oh. But hills, there are, I have apparently, raccoons are digging in my lawn. Lions, tigers, and bears. I know. Lots of lizards. You know, it's nice that we've gotten to a place in our lives, Mary, where we can shop for patio furniture and we have pools <laughs> in our houses and we're still talking about rats. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's amazing. I know. Speaking of amazing. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Speak <laughs> Speaking of hanging out on our new patio furniture by our pools with our rat friends, let's let's segue to Drew, who's talking about working a new job and being a working man. And uh-huh. Yes. Let's have them listen because there's so many analogies in this that I love. I just want to talk about them. Let's do it. All right. We will be back with you shortly. It's a short one. Cut a lot of identifiers, but But there's some good stuff in there. And we'll be back to break it down in just a moment after this message from Pottery Barn. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on? You're working man now, huh? My first day was Friday. Yeah. And uh, it was cool going into it. uh, A little bit nervous. Once I got the first couple of hours out of the way. I felt very in tune and in the right place and not, mm. not misplaced. I, you know, I, I, I really felt like I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. The hustle and bustle was there talking to people, you know, just kind of enjoying people's day with them is super. It's what I want to be doing. Going back to our conversation last week of, of kind of taking my, my train wheels off and taking this for a spin of, of kind of where I'm at right now as me. Right. I think I actually experienced that this weekend, which is really cool. Mm. And I'm ex- I'm like genuinely really excited. I feel on paper I took a couple steps back as far as job career path. Right. But it's felt really good in that same scenario. And so kind of in, in the meantime while I'm doing workplace, I'm trying to continue that on the side. 
And, and that's what I was really interested in. And I think kind of having my name in that circle during this time frame is really, like, I, I love it. That's cool. Everything yeah. that you're doing that you've been working on for the past couple of years comes from within first. Doing this stuff on my own, I'm not making the money, yet I yeah. feel like a baller. And having my name tossed around in this ring, so to speak, like yeah. it's, yeah, that feels good. The within stuff is definitely how I feel right now. Uh, it's very intimidating and, and very scared to kind of step out under my own name, right? right. And, and, right. and I think I used my partner, honestly, in a way to facilitate what that was just in case it did go bad or if people didn't like what I was making, it would be the both of us. Yeah. It wasn't just me. And so selfishly, I definitely think I did use him for that. But I think that also helped me see that I can do this on my own. And I, and I think that's what I'm experiencing right now, real time, real life. Yeah. And it's exciting too, because I think I think the progression of this last year, now I'm doing what I love and I need it and I'm excited and I still have the opportunity to do these side projects and the one-offs. And, and it's more into my control, too, which I'm really stoked about. I'm really excited for the place I'm at right now because I feel that I am taking care of what I need to take care of with workplace. And I'm enjoying it. And now I'm kind of flipping and seeing like the other like projects. Uh-huh. It's definitely where I hold a lot more stress because they mean so much to me. And so I think, I think allowing myself to kind of get my day-to-day in workplace grounding and, and, and financially and everything else, kind of clear mind, clear heart, can't lose, you know what I mean? And I think that I'm kind of combining a little bit of everything over the last couple of years to be able to kind of be in this position right now. And I think I'm be super busy and still stressed, but um, I feel very comfortable in the uncomfortable. And I'll say very comfortable in the unknown and uncomfortable, but there's, mm-hmm. there is something that is known that is comfortable, which is, you know, you. And right. when something is in conflict with that, when something's mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. off, go back to my Star Wars, it's when there's a disturbance in the force. <laughs> you, can, you can feel it. And you, can, you can tell your comfort and where you are, your, your security, your safety is, is you. And maybe mm-hmm. you're right. You use friend as like a, a safety net, so to speak. But instead of just being that safety net, he was kind of pulling you down off the tightrope or wherever you were, you know, and it was just <laughs> right. like... Yeah man, this is not what I need. Right. It's different than the training wheels because the training wheels is just like keeping me steady. I'm not ready to go out there yet. I'll, I'll use this and find it. But having somebody or something as your safety net. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, maybe I don't need a safety net. Maybe the way I really like make this happen is without a safety net. I love our tightrope analogy. I think this is a shift in my, my episode, my depression episode of the way I'm kind of thinking right now. And I think mm. I think a lot of, I'm kind of back on the up and up. That being said, I, I think my mentality is changing from a tightrope situation to kind of being in a hot air balloon. And and instead mm. of a safety net, he's more of the sand, the sandbags, you know, that I'm kind of cutting off. And, yeah. and I'm using that analogy because I'm really afraid of heights. Like really, like <laughs> definitely afraid of heights. Oh, wow. And so I think as I'm cutting that bag, like I'm getting higher and I'm kind of going and like, it's scary as shit, but I'm also seeing the view and what it is for what it is. And I love that. Dude, I mean, you're describing like what we've talked about with double down, don't shut down. Like I'm afraid of heights. I'm in this hot air balloon. I want to soar, but no, no, no. Keep those sandbags. Keep me down here. No, no, no. I'm not ready yet. No, 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 no. Wait, well, (laughs) let me just, let me just flip this one off. 
let me just flip this one off and kind of literally flipping that one off. <laughs> but, but it's, yeah, let, let me see this and let me see how it goes. And, and, oh, wow, I can do this. Right. It's something that the I can do this sensation, tell me if I'm wrong, is less about the money or the success and more about knowing that you can actually do it and feeling like, ah, I did this, right? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. confidence. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think it's been a struggle for me in my industry too, because I have no background in any of it. Like I have Hmm. no schooling, no knowledge, no anything. And so um, I think that's also made me a little bit more timid within a certain circle and not thinking necessarily that I belong and not kind of trusting that I just I like it doesn't mean other people do. Uh, you've heard me say that about other stuff too. Sure. But that's been a mentality, I think, in my my clothing aspect of my life, which obviously stems to other things, relationships and all that shit. I'm really excited creativity-wise. And it's only been two days. So let this kind of like honeymoon phase phase off and talk to me in a month and a half about it. And I'm probably going to be like, man, fuck this. But that like right now, I do love it. I'm having a lot of fun. You know, there's something about the do I deserve to be here or not that I want to hit because that that idea mm-hmm. of yeah I haven't like had the schooling for this I haven't had the training for this and you've got something that's unique to you yeah your sense of things and and you know what you like and your aesthetic and people seem to like it I mean people like your style that's a, a big part of what it is and then it's like your aesthetic. And more than that, I think for you in business, it's how you do business and how you work with people. You seem to gel pretty well with people that are hard workers will do the work. People that are like making bad decisions, cutting corners, doing things the wrong way. They're kind of self-selecting out of your group of who belongs with you as you're building your own empire, career, or just what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that last bit a lot. I, I do feel like I'm I'm allowing certain people in my life and in the spaces that matter right now. I'm really enjoying the relationships that have a lot more to them. Yeah. And, and I'm making a lot more time for that, I think. And not mm. not necessarily dwelling on on parents right now either. Cause I think the other half of what I'm trying to say with the not fitting in thing is if my my mom's dad, if he was still alive, I mean, growing up, he used to call me gay and call me a girl and like all this shit for dressing a certain way. And, you know, it was, I mean, he's a dude from Texas and grew up in the South and, you know, I, I get it. And so that was hard. And then like on the flip side, my dad's dad, he's very Canadian and hunting and, you know, we're going to get dirty. So don't wear nice clothes. What the fuck are you spending $200 on a pair of pants? And so I think growing up in that environment too. And, and yeah, me and my mom definitely shared a connection on clothing and shopping and going to the mall especially growing up because that was the time that we were able to spend together and so right. i think all of that kind of collectively it it also puts me in a weird position not being able to really connect with my family on what i do is really mm-hmm. hard for me and i mm-hmm. think that's a very lonely thing for me and so i think right now while i'm kind of in this transitional period of of what i am doing quote unquote for work or relationships and partners and all of that kind of stuff combined. I think why the the sustenance relationships are so important to me right now is more so I'm figuring out what family really is and not to say my parents aren't because they are and I love them so like so much but I'm understanding what place and what role they play. Right. While I'm still getting my day-to-day family put together. 
And then there's the difference between, we've talked about this, your birth family and your chosen family. There are some of those that you'll come across that really mean a great deal. And cultivating that, I mean, that, that that's a big part of what we've worked on. Like, it's not about where I fit in. It's about who fits in with me and knowing what your, not your brand is, but what your family values are. I mean, what the values are for the people that are going to be invited into your family. Right. And somebody that you might be related to or that you might have grown up with doesn't just get a free admission into your family. Absolutely. Yeah. As we're talking about who fits in, who, who gives you that sustenance, right? Mm-hmm. How does girlfriend fit into all that? She fits in very well. I feel really good about where we're at in the relationship we have. Hmm. It's something I really enjoy. I have fun. It's, uh, it feels good. And to the point of feeling like I'm putting all my groundings together, Yeah, I feel like that's part of it too. I feel like within everything in my life as it's moving and fluid and kind of changing and, and seeing where I want to be. I mean, this last week has been fucking phenomenal. I think right now my answer for all of that is it's fucking cool and it's fluid. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like she's being a pretty supportive girlfriend right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <What>? Yeah. <laughs> no, she is. Yeah. What was the laugh? Uh, the girlfriend. And I love your, I love your purpose. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's highlighting something for you, which is she's a girl. She's a friend. She's very supportive. Yeah. I don't have to make her my world and I don't have to be hers. And I'm trying this on. And you said something a couple minutes ago. That was the key for me. Those three words you said for right now. Mm. Yeah, there it is Mm -hmm. for right now. And there was a stretch when you've been in this state of depression that you've been in, mm-hmm. it was really hard. And something that was very comforting and still is for you was her, was being yeah. able to have that connection and that companionship. Great. Yeah. It's a lighter way to be with her for you. Whether she's your actual girlfriend right now is irrelevant. Right. It's here's somebody that's supportive to me in my life. That feels good. And you're nodding. So yeah. is that... Is that enough right now? Absolutely. I think my whole perception on, again, you know, family and inner circle and and really close relationships and what that is and girlfriend, boyfriend, titles, everything under that realm of conversation, you know, I think I've really allowed myself to let a lot of it go mm-hmm. and not be so pressured by it. And, and I think that's allowed that for right now, mentality and not getting so caught up in the five-year plan and the 10 years and the 20 years and the 30 years and where I'm going to be when I'm 80, you know, it's like I really stop and slow down. And now I'm, I feel like I'm cleaning the dishes. I feel like instead mm-hmm. of letting them all pile up at that 80 year mark of where I'm going to be, it's like, I'm able to kind of uh, clear some shit out and get to where I want to be right now. The way you're describing it, I think it fits it a little differently than, than how sometimes we describe it. The clear mind, full heart can't lose. Right. And it's, it's interesting because the way I hear you talking about it is, Oh, that five-year plan. And here's where I want to be. And here's what I need out of a girlfriend. Here's what I want. Here's what a relationship is supposed to be. That's a very crowded mind. And when you clear that, okay, now I can be present and I give my heart an opportunity to be full. And what you're feeling maybe is that fullness in your heart. It's not like backflips every time you see her or hear her name, or right? It doesn't have to be that. It's right. 
I really enjoy being with her for right now. It's not about winning or losing. Right. It doesn't even matter. I just have a clear yeah. mind and a full heart. Done. I think you stay winning with those two things. Like you won't lose. And I think it's practice. Mm. And I think I think the the older I get and the more of these fucking episodes that I go through, I, I get a better understanding of, of what goes wrong and why and kind of where I'm at during it, before and after. And you look at what's really like actually happened and and routine, you know, like getting a job and getting my things together and getting everything kind of set in place and, and doing what's right for me right now. Right. You know, I got right. some shit that's hanging over my head that if I talked to my dad about it, he'd be probably pretty mad about it, you know, like some hanging bills and just shit. But I'm I'm doing it the way that's best for me right now and, and getting through it and it's working. So like I'm not it's okay. Like with all of that, staying in routine and being disciplined is something I've lacked. And I think discipline is a big word for me and, and what I need. Yeah. And there's times when it gets hard because and again, this is the part where I, I don't understand it. It's just I wake up and it's just there and it's I can't help it. You know, these thoughts, these feelings, I can't help it. And it'll be interesting what happens. I know I'm going to have more of these and I know I'm going to go back into it eventually, eventually, but I'm very interested to kind of see if I can have this mindset of now that I'm out and I can see it. Okay. What happened? What's going on? If I can get into that, start a routine and see if that makes a change. I don't know if it will, because I I still don't necessarily want to go on anything and I don't really want to venture down that road. You know, I I saw what happened to my mom and, and if fucked me for a really long time and so i I just i don't know you know i I think two weeks here and there's a lot better than my whole life i'll go back to a line we used a while ago is this thing right now really unsafe or does it remind me of a time when i felt unsafe right Right. and if yeah and if it does can i remember that i also got through it and i think for what we're talking about like like feeling this kind of an episode come on if you go, wait, 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 am I really, you know, this messed up, this sad, this depressed, this, this or is this reminding me of what it's like when I've been here before? And right. can I remember that I've gotten through it? Right. It might not necessarily be, well, let me try these things that pulled me out of it last time. Let me get some routine. Let me do this. Let me do that. That may or may not work. It's just recognizing this is just this period of time right here. Well, and I guess my question, too, is, like, you can see that I'm okay right now. I, I really am. I'm, I'm actually really good. And, I mean, last night, you know, I had the same fucking dreams of putting a gun to my head. And so it's, like, while emotionally I'm okay right now, it's that, like, that shit that scares me. And, and I don't understand. I, I just don't, I don't quite get that. Part of that part is that feeling of, like, stress, all these things that are coming down and there's, how do I get out of this? How do I, uh, I, I, I can't take this. Right. And there's an escape mm-hmm. and then you're done. There's no responsibility. Yeah. There's no stress. There's no pressure free. Yeah. One of the tricks is giving ourselves that freedom now and taking off the, the pressure and the stress and wait, where's this coming from? Yeah. You might not be able to figure that out. That's partly what you use me for. Like, what is this stress? What is going on? How come I can't shake this? The bitch about actual depression sometimes is that there isn't a reason. There isn't something we can point to. It's just the chemistry in our brain. Knowing yourself and knowing like, what are the things that are adding to this, stressing me, pressuring me, like 
consciously yeah. looking at that. And there, there are things that might be unconsciously in there. I mean, you've said before, like trying to do things the way your dad did, live up to the example that he set. <laughs> Fucking impossible. Fucking impossible. Because we're not the same person. Right. I mean, there's, for so many reasons, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. When he was your age, it was a long time ago. He did it the way he did it because he's him. And that was his environment and those circumstances and, and those choices. Right. And you try to take all of that and apply it to you in your life. It doesn't really fit. So you want to be the best you you can be, not be the best version of your dad that you can be. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it this way. Could your dad pull off the stuff that you're, you're looking at, that you're doing, that, that, <laughs> right? No, you're shaking your head. Yeah. So in a sense, we can go with, well, then why are you trying to be him? Right. <laughs> right. It's largely unconscious. We'll do that because that's the example that I saw being set for me. That's what I know. And that's probably where I got my first taste of, of praise and appreciation and acknowledgement for, for doing, not just being. Yeah. And, and I think the, the praise thing is another thing I wanted to hit on too, because very proud of what I'm doing because this is what I enjoy doing. I didn't feel embarrassed. I don't feel like I let anybody down. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel any of those kind of feelings the way I thought I would. Right. I also think that I was on a path that, thank God I'm off now, that I wouldn't have enjoyed. Hmm. I chalk all that kind of 18 months, two years all together and a big learning lesson of, of really getting my feet wet for what I wanted to do. And now I understand what I want to do. And I think that's why I'm in such high spirits because I'm actually understanding what I want to do and that it's okay to do what I want to do and not be embarrassed about it. Yeah. And I love that. That really is about that self-validation, that self-confidence. It's, it's being okay with you. And there's a lot of obstacles to get through to get there because we got teased by family members and pressure around us, all sorts of things, right? you're coming to something that that sounds a lot more authentic for you. Definitely. I think I've talked about it a lot, but I feel it now. I think you've been baby stepping it for a while and now you're actually taking big Drew steps. You had a great baby step, maybe it was a baby leap at your brother's wedding. You know, when you were sitting at the table and it's, yeah, this is what I do. And it goes back to, there was an example you had from your dad of how it was seeing him and how you were able to talk about like, yeah, I sell shoes. And there's a progression of that, of just like owning. But sometimes in order to get to that place, we have to test out the training wheels. It could be a step back, but for me, I just look at it as regrouping, recharging and and feeling, putting my finger literally on the pulse and, and it's good for me. Great. You're not making an excuse. You're, you're describing your experience. Right. You're owning it because that's you. You're not ashamed of what you're doing. It's what you're doing right now and you're doing it. And you're building towards something. You don't have to come with, here's my empire. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm finding my speed. Mm. Which is dope. That's a cool feeling to have. With this speed, we're cool. And then why I use the word girlfriend. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. This, this is... The girl that I'm friends with now that might be sleeping with, might be hanging out with her kid, like 
okay? But I'm not obsessing about it. I'm not making her my entire world. And she's not doing that for me. And I don't feel that obligation. I don't have to save her. She doesn't have to save me. It's mm-hmm. dragging on a little bit. This is my speed right now. Me taking me out's first spin. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I'm doing great and I'm an absolute mess. That pretty much says <laughs> it right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. We're back. And Drew started his job. He did. He is a working man now. <laughs> By the way, what I forgot in the last episode, he said something about he has not worked for the last 18 months. I was unaware of that. Well, okay. So, and this is something that, that we were talking about. Some of it we cut from this episode and the last episode, if you guys have heard that one. Some of the things that he was doing over the last like year and a half were not nine to five jobs, clearly, but it was in the design and fashion world where he'd be working on a new brand with somebody and trying to launch something with somebody and creating his own fabrics and his own designs and trying to put that out. So it wasn't a real job. Why is that not work? It is work. I mean, it's sort of like if I say like, oh, I didn't see any clients today. Like, man, I didn't work at all. Like, People go, wait, but you worked on the podcast, you researched, right. you did this, you did, you're still working. Like, oh, right. Yeah, I'm still working. Drew was very much working for the last 18 months, but he was working on his own. He wasn't making money. <laughs> right. Well, Is that some what of you the mean? Stuff, some of the stuff he was, and, oh, but he okay. wasn't getting paid. It was like doing stuff and like he'd invoice them, but then they'd pay. He didn't have a steady paycheck by any okay. stretch. He was Got working it. on projects. And a lot of people, and it's a very LA thing too, to be project to project. If you work in entertainment, it's all about what, right. what gig you're on right now and, and when that ends, it's feast or famine. So he was neither really feasting nor famining. Because he had parents to help him. That's true. And he's separating from them. That's part of why he wanted to get a job. He's right. like, oh, now I'm doing my own thing. I got to pay some bills. All right. Right. I got to get a job. Right. right. So that's, yes. that's where he's at. Yeah. And so it was the, <laughs> he's so cute talking about maybe not needing a safety net. And then he created his own analogy about hot air balloons and cutting off the sandbags. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. Cause that's, that's something that for him, he's got this new vantage point that he hasn't had before where he can look at a lot of the things that he's been doing over the last 18 months and see it from a place of, okay, I'm not out there hustling every moment to make something happen. I've got a right. job now. So I can I can just be up here at this vantage point and look. And he that's when he pulled in the, the hot air balloon, which I love. I love when he takes something and makes it his own analogy. I know. It was so cute. He was saying how he was deathly afraid of heights. It's like I'm cutting off the sandbags. Right, right. Like, yep, now I'm now I'm it's not a safety net. It's my hot air balloon and I'm, I'm cutting out the sandbags. And that's, you know, that's when you start really rising, right? In a hot air balloon, which is really cool. Right. I, I think he's right. I like that. Have you ever been in a hot air balloon? Not that I remember. I'm sure I have because I can't imagine I wasn't in my... What? How would you not remember ever being in a hot air balloon? I, there's a lot of my childhood I blocked out. <laughs> which <laughs> nice, nice for a therapist to casually say that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I got, course. I got bullied as a kid. I don't remember a lot of that. 
but at least you know you may not remember the hot air balloon experience but you would know that you went one or not i mean not that you would but anyway i've heard they're very loud i have no desire to ever go in a hot air balloon oh right because they're the the propane or whatever they're yeah yeah it's like (laughs) (laughs) what's that noise again (laughs) (laughs) anyway anyway drew sorry (laughs) go ahead Oh, oh, yeah. We're talking about sort of not fitting in. And then he brought up how his grandpa used to call him gay. And so you dress like a girl. I was like, what? How has that not come up before? Maybe it has. And I don't remember. But he was like, yeah, he's from Texas. And then the other grandpa was Canadian and hunted and was like, why would you spend $200 on pants or whatever? (laughs) So just like not, he said it was really sad, like doesn't able to connect with his family on what he does. And that's a really lonely feeling. I mean, it's an extension of what he's talked about before about feeling like the black sheep of the family, like, like his, and remember he initially grew up in like rural Canada. Right. Right. And that's what he was saying. Like it, it was very much like the South and, and, and Texas and hunting and and doing that kind of thing. And and not that everybody in the South and in Texas hunts, but (laughs) You know, it was that totally that mentality of this is how we are and this is what we do. And we don't wear nice clothes because you're out here doing this, this yeah. work. And why would you ever spend $200 on a pair of pants? Like, you know, that's not the environment he grew up in. So now that he's there, that's where they just don't understand it. They just don't get it. Right. I think also when he said something about he did connect with his mom on shopping or something. I thought that was so cute. Right. <laughs> right. I like that. And I was like, oh, what cracked me up was when you said, so uh, something like, well, so where's your girlfriend fit into all of this? And I was like, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, Doug so did that on purpose. And then he started laughing and he's like, I see what you did there. <laughs> right. I love that. I love yeah. That's that's it's fun to do when you when you have this kind of relationship with a client that I said it very casually, you know, like, yeah, right. how does your girlfriend fit into all that? And he was like, yeah, she fits in very well. And then he's like, ah, uh, then he, he got what I was going for. And I I like that. He, not only did he get it, but he was like, yeah, I I see what you did there. I, I, I like your yeah. style there. I, I like what totally. you're doing. Right. That was so funny. Yeah. I mean, and I guess, first of all, he didn't deny the term girlfriend. So right. he, he said that things are good and that she's supportive and irregardless or regardless is irregardless. There's no such word as irregardless. Okay. Regardless of <laughs> titles that things are good. But in my mind, I'm like, no, I need a title for sure. <laughs> title. <laughs> I get it. I hear that you don't, but I do. Sure. Yep. Yep. I mean, I think saying for him, and that's probably why I said that. And I even said like, oh, it sounds like she's being a very supportive girlfriend, you know? And, <laughs> and yeah. He was just like, oh yeah, well, whatever you call it. Yes, she is. Yeah. That's the thing he even said that that was key for him. Or maybe I said that that was key for him, but that, that idea that like, he's getting the support that he really needs from this person. Okay. And she has kind of forced him to grow and- and vice versa, I would assume. And it sounds like a very close relationship. And it's not about 
girlfriend boyfriend titles but it's funny that i mean you've <laughs> you've picked up on it every time i've said it to him all, that well, yeah we always call her we call her we refer to her as girlfriend not girlfriend right exactly exactly and i guess that originally the context of that he's allowing certain people into his life like in the spaces that that matter mm, in not yeah. dwelling on his parents and then i think you were like oh where does she fit in yeah, and we were talking about family of choice, not family of of origin. And that's who do you keep around you? We've we've been this theme has come up a lot over the uh-huh. years with him. Years, I guess it's been more than a year. Sure, I can say yeah. that. Where it's who's in your inner circle. We talked about it this episode, but we were talking about it in previous sessions and it's something going way back to him talking about no good people in LA to okay, who's in your inner circle? Who are your people? And he was holding on to family of origin so much, which is still important to him. That's why right. you know, going to the bachelor party and doing those things, that was important. And he did that. That's great. What he's, I think, really coming to now is who's there for him when he needs somebody there for him. And girlfriend, not girlfriend, has been. Right. And I think or he talked about how his dad would be so pissed if he knew some of the shit going on, like not paying certain bills or whatever, which, by the way... <laughs> God, can I relate? Oh my God. I was, I found this box of stuff yesterday and I have all these letters from my dad from like Uh high school and college that were like, dear Meredith, I'm very disappointed in you. Once again, you spent this or whatever. Like, I mean, and I was, cause I I really was a troubled youth. I just had no (laughs) boundaries. Um, but yeah, that his dad would be pissed. And like, and you talked about him being the best him, not the best version of his dad. Yeah. I mean, he's really coming to that more and more and and even like highlighting, oh, this is what grandpa was like. And this is what they said. And this is the stock I come from going back to his brother being right. the military guy and this, that, and I'm the black sheep and I'm, this is how I am. And, oh, wait, but this is me. This is how I am. And I'm okay with that. And who is around me and who sees me and who gets me. And if they have an old snapshot of me and that's what they see, They can see that, but that's not who I am right Right. now. Even kind of looking at girlfriend, not girlfriend, and what that relationship feels like right now for him, his mentality has been, I need somebody that's thrilling to be with, that's thrilled to be with me, where I, I have that butterfly feeling every time they walk by. And what I was saying to him here was like, look, you're getting the support that you want. And maybe there is a fullness in your heart that doesn't feel like the butterflies or the backflips every time you hear her name. And it doesn't have to be that. You like being with her now and she's giving you the support and it's a supportive relationship now. Okay. He even said something like, uh, yeah, I don't have to worry about the five, 10 year plan anymore. I can just be present. Yeah. Which is awesome. And I think that ebbs and flows through life. Right. I mean, at his age, I certainly was not thinking about any plan. And also, I think it's important to be present, engaged, and also have some responsibility and plan for the future at some point. People are totally. different, yeah. different support in their life and different, you know. Right, right. But I, at some point, you talked about him, baby steps versus Drew steps. Oh, uh, yeah. That was cute. Well, because it's it's saying like, oh, yeah, you've been taking you know baby steps. Like, well... You're actually taking Drew steps because you're taking ownership of your step. You're taking ownership right. of what you're doing and and how you're doing it. And I think I even said something like, well, maybe it's more like a baby leap, not a baby step. It was significant for you. But the thing that 
I was really drilling with with that idea of calling it Drew Steps is that he's taking ownership of his own life and doing it. That is his experience. It's not his family guiding him. You know, it, it's right. him. Yeah. One of the last things I think he must have said is that he's doing great and he's an absolute mess. I was like, story of my life. Right. Right. He said something which... For some reason, if you just came to the Patreon and this is the first and only episode you've ever heard, there's a line that he threw that if you just heard that, it would like record scratch stop. It would definitely be the showstopper like, what did he just say? Is that okay? Wait, that's not okay. Is that okay? And that's the thing about, you know, where he said like, I, I still have dreams about putting a gun to my head. Right. That's something that, again, if you know him, and you know what he's been through, that's not where he's actually at. That's not what he actually thinks. But it is what's going on in his unconscious mind. And that's kind of what I right. dug into with this. Yeah. Sometimes it pops up and sometimes things will. Yeah. Intrusive thoughts are what they are. Right. Well, and it's, it's yeah, partly the intrusive thoughts. It's just a thought that popped in his head. He was sleeping. He dreamt it. So it's right. absolutely an unconscious thought. And it's something that knowing him, things like that used to scare him and he wouldn't understand them. So when right. he said that, part of my reaction to it, it wasn't like, oh, let me assess for his safety right now. It was, yeah. all right, well, let me normalize it in a way, but still validate what he's feeling. And that was, it sounds like there's a lot of stress going on. And a natural thing when you have that much stress is wanting to escape and feeling that freedom of, of an escape. Is there another way we can experience that kind of freedom? I think some of the underlying might be the heart attack and what they have been telling him about that is, yeah, it could be COVID related and it could be stress related. He talks about it as stress. Too. Like, yeah, totally, totally both. Right. Yeah. I mean, in your world, Maren, like if a client says that to you, it could quite literally mean that they not only had a dream about putting a gun to their head, but- they were doing that last night. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, there's there's an acuity level that's different. And I think for him, I didn't want to just gloss over it, but I didn't want to necessarily dwell on it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think he's just giving it as like an example too of where he is and what pops up for him and also had the dream. Right. Which is why I kind of right after that just said, right. And you trying to live up to the standard that your dad set. And he was like, um, it's impossible. We're not the same person. I right. can't do it, which is great yeah. hearing that. That's the freedom that I'm talking about. Cause the stress that he would feel when he's trying to live up to dad, it's too much. He can't do it. And there's no escape. Cause that's his family. That's all he knows. But now he's kind of going, yeah, no, I can't do that. That's impossible. So he's, he's breaking away from a lot of that, which I think is great. Even if it's largely unconscious, we're making it conscious. So he's realizing, yeah, I'm not my dad and that's okay. I don't have to feel that stress anymore. He's growing. He is growing. He even got like a, a couple inches taller this session too. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll hear well, next week what's What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Next week, so we will hear more. You will hear more of, of Drew and him doing great and being an absolute mess, which is, don't you have that tattooed on your 
<laughs> no, but I'm going to get it now that, now that I'm doing great and I'm an absolute mess. Totally. <laughs> On that note, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.